Ah, chills every time. And the land is dark, and the moon oh. is the only light we'll see. Is it gonna come in? Oh. No, I won't. No, what do you mean? What are we waiting for? I was waiting for your Lumineers. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was waiting for him to come in on that on that chorus right here. Oh, and darling. So darling, darling, stand by me. Damn. <laughs> just hits it. Uh, uh, just hits it different. What a classic ass song. Stand by me by Benny King. Benny King. So damn good. Um, I wish I could sing, man. Like these are the songs that make. Can me you sing? I sing. No, no, no. Listen, we. I think we all could sort of. Well, no, that's not true. That yeah. is not. I. I. have never said something so wrong in my life. <laughs> we. Not all of us can sing, but some of us can sing in a car. Yeah. And it's like you just need the confidence. I think that's ultimate confidence if you can sing in front of a room. That's confidence. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, man. Coming on on stage. No, 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 not not stage. Like that's too big where it's not nerve wracking. Like here's the okay, thing. Okay, we'll talk about that later because, bro. It, Imagine no, coming on stage. I know, I know. There's but, a difference, though. You know what oh, I mean? For sure. Like, if I have to sing in front of my family versus a, a stadium, I'd rather sing in front of a stadium. Because my <laughs> family is, you could see them all looking at you. You, you know their their facial mannerisms. I would rather kill three people, 300 people, before I go in front of my family, oh, take their, get their attention, and be like, hey, guys. Well, good. <laughs> You want to sing for you some <laughs> May I have your Benny attention, King? please? Benny King? Can I sing for you a little ditty? <laughs> no, the problem is because your family is like the ultimate X factor. They're yeah. waiting to friggin' knock you down. Yeah. You want to stand out <laughs> in your family? You fat chance. You're, They're ready. Yeah. Hey, what is that? Is that how you sing? Is that how your throat actually? You're good? Look at your face. Look at your face when you sing. It's so freaking weird. Wait, but what happens if you are actually singing well in front of your family and you actually crush it? What would your family say? They'd be like, oh, I, like, right. it's not specific to my family. My family would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you called me too. in here for this? And it's like, <laughs> ah, okay, now I know it hit. I'm going to go back to my meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it hit if there's no bad thing. Yeah. There's never going to be a good thing. But if there's no bad thing, it's probably really, really good. Yeah. Um, Have you gone to karaoke and stuff like this? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I grew up with rock band. Remember the game rock band? Oh, uh, yeah. You had like a drum set, yeah, a guitar. Yeah. But I feel like you were always drumming. I was drumming or I was singer. And, oh shit! And so when I would sing, I would leave my like basement with like my throat just absolutely destroyed. That sounds like something else was happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, just from singing. <laughs> Who was the guitarist? Yeah. Who else was? <laughs> Who else was in the band? Uh, no, it was because I was straining my voice. Right? I was just like, uh, what was it? Um, what's that one by Lit? Uh, car is in the front yard. Yeah, yeah, I got, I, got, I got no idea. My own worst enemy. <laughs> this one, this is such a big rock band song. I can just go, hear go. the the. <laughs> yeah. No, but you'd want to get the chorus right. And then you'd go. The car's in the front yard. That's hilarious. And then you'd have to like hit these high ass yeah. and hold it right there. And it shows you like that bar yeah, yeah, yeah. on that top level. Which I was I was convinced was bullshit the whole time. I'm no, like, I think that's helped me in singing. <laughs> Not that I can sing well. Oh, okay, let's just, hear it. <laughs> it just, it has that thing of like, so if you've played like rock band or whatever, all these singing games, they give you like a bar at wherever the pitch is. Kind of like a, like a heartbeat. Monitor. Like a heartbeat, exactly. Yeah. And that game has helped me like understand, you know, okay, hold it at the top. You know, I don't know. It just helps. <laughs> 
Hold it at the top. That's no, all. Because, that's because, all it took you know, me to be a good singer. If you haven't played that game, if you haven't played that game and you listen to a song, all you're thinking about is just like hold whatever this guy's trying to do. Right. You know, like there's no concept of like high pitch, low well, pitch. I think the key is just trying to match your vo- voice. Mm. sounds because have you ever done that with someone? You match your voice and all of a sudden it goes like, yeah, yeah. Wah, like that weird wave yeah. stuff between your ears because you're like you're hitting the same damn note. If you could do that in the car with a with another song, you're doing it well. Is that like that for me is 100 percent the, the killers? Man. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, I am Brendan Flowers, and I'll <laughs> sing Mr. Bryce. I'm like, because uh, I'm Mr. Br-, and then I'll, I'll shut it off because I want to see if I'm actually good. I'm like, oh shit! Like I actually needed <laughs> his guidance to keep my voice on track. Yeah. Without him, it's just like all over the place. Okay. And I start to get crazy. I start to get a little funky. And I start going like down when I yeah, should be yeah, going yeah. up. I'm like, because I'm Mr. Brightside. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't do that. I have a fundamental thought here. A fundamental thought. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, this guy's trying to get inspirational in five no, minutes. No, I just, you can sing like people that look like you. What? <laughs> or at least a similar race. <laughs> Everyone says I look like Post Malone. You probably can crush some. Yeah, you can probably some. I'm going to play. Crush some. Post Malone acoustic. That's what you could do. Here's a clip of Post Malone, and I'm going to try to hit it because we look yeah. the same, so I should sound the same. Oh, my brother's got that. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty that's, good. That's not bad. Put some auto tune on that. <laughs> wow, I, I picked the same freaking part of the song. I'm like, find me some different well, lyrics. No, that's just Post Malone. Green honey's in my safe. That's not Where is it? Where is it? Said, I'm with the band. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. No, that was like Post Malone with the Killers. <laughs> Yo, I, I, no, <laughs> no, you put some. Post Malone with the Killers. You put some twang on that. No, no, because it's the auto tune. I'm with the band. This, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, you have to go for someone even at your own race. And I know Post Malone is white, okay? But I feel like he is trying to draft himself into the black race, right? What? So you need, you need to get more into the white. And then who, who? Stuck, stick with the Arabs, and unfortunately, there's no Arabic songs that you know, so we can't play it. Well, we can't, because Spotify <laughs> would know it. No. I want to hear you go. <laughs> no, no, no chance. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yesterday, I get this package sent to me. Yeah. And um, it was one of those moments in life where it's like, oh, this is so cool. Mm. And I open it, and I didn't know what it was, and it was a jersey from the Leafs. And I got an email saying, hey, Dan, we wanted to send you one of 10 packages this year from the Leafs. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So I was like so freaking flattered that I grew up watching the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're obviously my favorite team. They're a massive NHL team. And they sent me a freaking jersey. I was so damn thrilled. Um, Made my freaking day. I honestly, first of all, it's like actually fantastic. You know, like I, I feel like little Dan, you know, would, would appreciate. Little Dan in 2020 appreciated a lot of things. But yeah. my brother put it into perspective this morning where, and, and this is about today's topic too, by the way, guys. Like today we're going to be talking about... Uh, this book that has greatly impacted me over the past month already. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Yeah. Okay. It's a book. I highly suggest reading it. Listen, there's going to be book connoisseurs out there that are going to be like, it's shit. No, it sucks. I'm like, it doesn't though. Like, I haven't heard one book connoisseur say that. When I posted it, someone was like, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't disagree more. I'm like, buddy, you're just trying to be different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm open to someone's opinion, but I just don't know how... Like maybe it was too preachy for them. I don't know, but it was just a great ass book. Yeah, um, I haven't read it, but I've seen some people in my life read it and fundamentally change their life. Sometimes for the worse, sometimes for the worse. Well, it's sometimes all for the better. It's all on how you take it, right? Yeah. But anyways, my brother was telling me 
he was laughing this morning because the Toronto Maple Leafs reposted my story. They've got a million followers, and I'm the only one on their story. And he's like, oh, me and his, him and his wife were laughing, saying, like, of all people, Dan did this. Like, I've been sponsored by the NFL, and, and like, I'm not, like, I, I didn't follow football religiously. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs shared my thing. Like, I like sports, but I'm sure there's people out there that are, like, freaking bleed yes. sports, you know? And it's like, when you put things into perspective over the timeline of things you've done, it makes you feel so much more special. And all it took today was for my brother to say, hey, Dan, look at all these cool things you've done. And I was mm. just like, wow, I, I woke up feeling really special, feeling really great about what I've accomplished. Mm. Things that we often forget. And that's kind of a, a big thing about this book is that it puts things that you forget into perspective and you could actually plug them into real life. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and this book also tackles putting, not putting things into a shitty perspective. Because there's a lot of times and examples where people have put stuff in in the wrong perspective yes that okay, led so, to their demise so, so we'll that's why because i want to know what, what you meant by some people didn't like it what did they say or what what happened or how was it bad for them um i'm gonna make a long story out of this one so let's say kanye west right goes up and i think i've talked about this like in episode two podcast <laughs> two right uh let's say kanye west says yeah i have no regrets in my life you know and, uh, you know, it's like a quote and like people are like, yeah, I love Kanye West. I'm like, Kanye West has no regrets. Maybe he's a bad example. Let's say Jay-Z says it, right? Whatever. Okay. Jay-Z says yeah. no regrets, right? Someone's like, oh, I love Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z has no regrets. I'm going to have no regrets, right? Mm. But for Jay-Z to be like, I have no regrets, like he is, and, you know, you shouldn't compare and everything, but he's a very successful person, right? Right, right. And if he says something, um, like no regrets, doesn't mean that the way to his success was having no regrets. Okay, so he it, has no regrets now where he is, mm -hmm. right? But it doesn't mean that no regrets is the teaching. So that's the thing with, with books sometimes, is sometimes a book says something and we nitpick that. We say... Um, well, you, you, everything, everything is... Uh, you could take everything two different ways. Yeah. And this is why, like, you mentioned this uh, last week. You introduced me to this app called Blinkist. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I really like it. And I say that because when you read a book or you listen to a full book in its ent entirety, yeah. that is how you're meant to consume it. Yeah. Uh, Blinkist takes, a, a, let's say, a five-hour read and condenses it to 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it. what it's lacking is it's taking out the pauses. It's taking out the uh, certain... Uh, metaphors yeah. or, or statistics is providing you just the meat. Yeah, it, it, it takes away fact. the nuance, right? Which is, by the way, how I know about this book is I've I've caught up on the blinks of it. Yeah. So I've only had a 15-minute condensed version. It's, it's heartless. Like, I think that's what it is. It's You're still getting it. Yeah. Like, that's like... Here's, here's, here's a good way of looking at it. You, you have a celebrity, mm -hmm. okay? And you can either be friends with the celebrity and get to know them in their entirety, or you could auction off and you could win an hour at lunch with them mm. an hour at lunch with them is you're going to get just a small portion of that celebrity and it's like it came and went mm. whatever actually getting to know them you're actually going to get to experience things with them see how they re respond and react it's kind of the same with these books like if you want the full effect yeah. of this thing read or listen to the entire book blinkist is too lifeless it gets to the point but it's lifeless i see what you're saying um and, and i think Especially for like, like I said, like I think people take books out of context sometimes, right? And obviously what you're saying with the blinks, mm -hmm. like you're even more at risk 
oh, for, yeah. for taking it out yeah. of context. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like um, if, if you give like a TV interview or like uh, a whatever interview, people can like take out a 10 second clip mm-hmm. of your thing mm-hmm. and like twist your words a little. Yeah. Whereas like, let's say in a podcast, it's very hard for you to, to twist our word with podcasts because yeah, you could take a 10 second clip, but you understand that there's a, a one hour Right, right. It goes it. back to the, the whole context. So it's the nuance and the context, exactly. Yeah, it's easier. You're right. It's easier to fall off a of context with these uh, these blink yeah. things. Um, okay, but but let's let's get into that. Okay, yeah. so the book is called um, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck" by Mark Manson. Mm-hmm. Now, the second people hear that, it, they're gonna automatically think that oh, it's about living your life and not giving a shit about other people and not giving a shit about people's feelings and, and just like just. Who fuck cares? Let everything just go and roll off your back. No, no, no. Some things in life require your attention. What this book is basically trying to teach you is don't care and don't carry around drama Mm. that you cannot control. Mm. If someone is going to react a certain way, don't sit at home for like night after night thinking and worrying about this person when you can't do anything about it. Mm. We've all had that moment where you're like, why are they acting this way? What do they want from me? I don't don't understand. Yeah. It's like, stop. Because you don't have to understand. That's that's something on them. So this book does a really good um, uh, teaching or shares a lot of philosophies on what to do and what not to do when it comes to dealing with stress or actually living the life you actually want to be living mm-hmm. without caring what others think or what society thinks, right? So uh, again, to about like first uh, the so this is like the the example I was I was going to use for like the negative impact that I've seen on some of my friends, and this is literally the only Mm. exception thing here, Mm -hmm. is someone had an argument. So so basically, you know, part of the teaching on this book is like uh, what Mark Manson talks about is if something causes you pain, right, and it is uncontrollable, then just don't give a fuck about it and focus on the things that are bringing you positive impact that you can help yourself. Right. Right. So from what I saw in my friend, and like she literally, like I think, quoted this, was, um, I don't know, she had like a little argument with 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 another friend, and she was like, oh, no, it, this is bringing me bad energy, and, and it was like a one, the smallest little argument was so small, and it she blew it up into something so big of like, no, this is draining my energy, uh, you know, I, I don't deserve to have this Dismissive. type of... Dismissive. Very dismissive, right? Um, but it's like, first of all, no, you that that is something you should care about, and that is something that you you can control. It's not like some like external factor or anything. Um, and it was like something so simple, but like she blew it up as as oh well, well this brings me bad energy, so I'm not gonna do it. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is people yeah. are taking this title not giving a fuck as being dismissive of the mm-hmm. second something gets uncomfortable or pisses them off or doesn't agree with their opinion. It's automatically of, Nope, I read this in the book. I'm just not going to give a fuck. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not what it means to not give a fuck. It's, it's, it's more so about, and he actually says this, you got to dedicate your fucks only to what's truly fuck worthy. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love that line. So you got to figure out, um, is your friendship important with this person? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so don't be dismissive and say, well, you know, I don't have time for this. I, now you're just getting me wrong. I don't, you know, yeah. no, 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 you got to squash what's being activated right here. Yeah. So that's where you, you do it. Um, but there's a few things like, like one of the first things he teaches in this book is don't try. Mm. Now, if you just read that, 
we're automatically like, oh shit, this is very uninspiring. Don't try. Our whole life we're told, try, try. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta try your hardest. You gotta work hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it basically says, um, you gotta reinforce the idea of what you lack and what you should have been but failed to be is not uh, your entire being. Okay, just because mm. you tried and failed doesn't mean you can never do that again. Mm. Or doesn't mean that you're a failure, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love that. Let's see. So, so I, th- I think that idea has like unlocked a lot for me. Um, not, not from this book, but I feel like the the whole like, um, the, the whole like, hey, just because you didn't do it doesn't define you, right? right. Like you set a goal uh, and you couldn't accomplish it does not mean it doesn't uh, it doesn't mean it, it defines you. So for example, this uh, fundraiser I told you about 2 weeks ago trying to raise $100,000. Mm-hmm. Is that ambitious? Of course. Will I meet it? I believe so, right? right if I if right. I don't meet it, if I don't meet 100,000, I honest to god don't think that when people are looking at me or talking to me in a year's time to be like, "Oh, look, here's Amar, the guy who couldn't raise $100,000," right? But, but that, where yeah. failure yeah. defines you, right? And I think a lot of people do actually struggle with that of like failure and the risk of failure actually defines them. Like, it, you, you know, they don't want to be known as the person who had a bad relationship or they don't want to be known as the person who, um, you know, went to school overseas and failed. And, they, you know, it's but like- the truth is no one, let's say you don't hit this 100,000. Yeah. People, and this goes back to people have so much going on in their life that if they're going to hold you to uh, Amar, that's the the non one hundred thousand guy. They don't give a shit because you know we're all hiding our own failures like that. You know because yes. we think everyone cares. Yeah. Um, there's a, another lesson in this book that really hit home with me, and I've been thinking about this a lot. It's called the feedback loop from hell. Mm. Okay, and it's where things spiral. I, I I think in the book he talks about how humans are the only creatures that have the ability to think of the thought. So you're sitting yes. here and you're like. Oh, you know what? Um, hmm, uh, I'm thinking about going on a holiday. Whoa. Uh-oh, I'm thinking about going on a holiday again. It's like you're two degrees now. You're thinking about what you're thinking about. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like conceptualizing you even thinking about it. I'm sitting here right now. I'm thinking about drinking this tea. The fact that I could even think two degrees like that. Yeah. I think humans are the only ones that can do that. Monkeys, animals, like dogs no, can't. No other animal can, can conceptualize these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to ruin the thing for you, but yeah. But that's exactly it. So so that's where it kind of, uh, they hit their peak. Dogs, monkeys hit their mm-hmm. peak because they can't reach that level of inner thought yeah. about something else. So for an example, in the book, they um, they say, okay, you get pissed off at your spouse who hasn't thanked you for washing the dishes. So now you realize that you're pissed off because they never thanked you for washing dishes, but you're already pissed that you had to do the dishes. Mm. So now you're pissed off at yourself because you're mad that you got mad Mm-hmm. That they never thanked you. So now it's like, it's this loop, right? Yeah. So the solution is to, I, I hate saying this because it is sort of aggressive and it kind of comes across as raunchy, but like the whole not giving a fuck. So I'm just going to say not care because yeah, I, I, it's just too aggressive for me. But the solution is to to not care about negative experiences. Mm. Okay. So if something happens, um, you stub your toe. Oftentimes we want to get so mad at like the couch or gets, you know, instead of just squashing it there and just going, ah, I stubbed my toe. Okay, let's make this better. Mm. Instead, we get mad at, at ourselves for being stupid that we stubbed our toe. And now, now we're double mad at mm. something that didn't need that. So a quote from the book is, by not giving a fuck that you feel bad, you short circuit the feedback loop from hell. 
You say to yourself, I feel like shit, but who gives a fuck? And then as if sprinkled by magic fuck-giving fairy dust, (laughs) you stop hating yourself for feeling so bad. Yeah. I've noticed there's been times where if anybody out there has a dog, when a dog starts licking its private parts, all you hear is... And instantly just gets under your skin. It's just annoying. (laughs) And so I was... Bad roommate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm like, can you stop making those, like, schlucking sounds? (laughs) So (laughs) I was on um, FaceTime or a phone call... And Charlie was doing that. And, he, and I was like, okay, let it go, let it go. But he kept doing it. Mm. Like a minute in. And, and just I'll, like louder and louder in your head. <laughs> he becomes more echoes. Because once, you, once you're aware of it, yeah. it just gets louder. So all I heard was... <laughs> and so I eventually look, I'm like, can you stop, man? And then I instantly went, uh-oh, no, 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 no. Now you're getting mad over something. He's just he's just doing dog stuff. Yeah, man. There's no point in getting mad. And, now, living. and I noticed that my conversation on the phone started getting like sort of frustrated. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. The whole tone of this conversation has now taken a turn because... Charlie was schlucking for a minute. Yeah. I should have just stopped it and said, hey, Charlie, can you stop? And then it's done. Mm. And that's super helpful is catching those emotions before they arise and saying, you know, my brother did this. It's pissing me off. And now I'm upset because my day is ruined. The yeah. second you take the scale and say, my day is ruined. Like, no, just let it be that five minutes. Don't yeah. clump it and make it spread across a day. Yes. So you're taking something that you actually do have power over, which is should I care about this schlucking sound and making it an external factor that you think you can't control. Yes. And so you get very angry. So I used to like, I used to tell, uh, I used to like my mom used to get very pissed at like me hanging out with friends. Oh yeah. All the you time, saying that? Yeah. Right. But I'm like, mom, like, yes, because like in my, in probably my mom's head, like, okay, this guy's going out till 2am every other night. You know, I'm sure he's because humans have that idea ability to imagine and to create concepts she probably thinks i'm out doing drugs doing this doing that doing this right right Right. like mom like look at all the good things that are happening which is my friends we're not doing drugs yeah right we're not in we're not doing effed up shit even though sometimes we were right (laughs) like there's so many good things that are happening because of this friendship right and you're looking at something that is negative and Imagine like you're imagining that like I'm not shooting heroin and this and that right exactly with my friends it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in their head of I think he's doing it so it must be happening so now I'm going to act exactly so accordingly she's now this is what I think what the book meant by like not caring about like the negatives right is like we put such an importance on the negative stuff that someone could do a hundred positive thung, uh, things towards you. hundred percent. But you notice the one time that they didn't wash the dishes yeah. or whatever. And, and, that, and that's the, just give importance where it's due. And, you know, sometimes the positive and the negative. And I think the book was also talking about death and how we can like imagine death. Because yes, we're the only yes, animal yeah. that can yeah. conceptualize death. We yeah. think about, okay, well, I need to live longer. Like, even if I die, I need to live longer as a concept than than my physical person. What that means is like a lot of people, they think about becoming famous, rich and famous so they can provide a legacy yes. to their kids. Like the, yeah, yeah, right. Or like, uh, you know, he was like, e- even, e- even this, like for me, I want to be the nicest person in the world, but that's like a shitty way to think because it's, it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live longer than I am. And I think, and that's why people. Kinda, yes. It's, it's misguided. Yeah. It's misguided. Every, everyone, everyone is trying to, Leave a legacy. Here's the thing. You, you have everyone that wants to be rich. You have everyone that wants to be famous. Everyone that wants everything. The truth is, you give them a nice house, give them a little bit more money, 
and they're going to be quiet. Yeah. Like I'm telling, I've seen this multiple times, nine times out of 10, when someone reaches a level of success more than what they have in that moment, yeah. they're going to be quiet. The way you're seeing this right now, it seems like we're like two like world leaders. Like, look, honestly, here's what I've done for my country. Just give them a little bit of money. I well, they're going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> a couple hundred grand. No, it's true though. And they're just we, quiet. We all, These guys don't resist. They don't. We, we think of the ultimates, right? We think yeah. of if I'm going to be remembered, I got to be something huge. Yeah. But it's not the case because your, your drive is going to stop when you reach a, a level of success on the way to that goal. Yeah. Very few people want to actually reach the top, top, top because when they get halfway, it's kind of like, well, the view from here is good. It's comfortable. I can afford things. Yeah. They disappear. So, you know? so that's when the book kind of switches into like focus on your values as opposed to these, 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 uh, not like stop comparing to other things. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this soon, but it, it's the values. It's, Focus on, you know, uh, family or focus on being honest or being creative. Those are things you can control that bring right. happiness. But, 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 but to- there is a chapter in here. It says happiness is a problem. Yeah. And what I really liked about this is because or is we all tend to think um, that to be happy, we need to solve something or we need to avoid problems. Mm. Sorry, that's what it is. We need to avoid problems. So. People think to live a happy life is to live a life of avoiding problems. I'm not going to go over here because that might cause that. And but happiness is achieved in solving problems mm. because to live a life of no problems is impossible. We can agree on that. It, it's not going to happen. You're always going to have problems in your life. Mm-hmm. And happiness has not been about, uh, I'm not going to say this. Or I'm not going to do that because it could cause this and this. It's not about avoiding. It's about solving. Mm. So when something arises, it's like, okay, a friend pisses you off. I can avoid you now. To, to, to keep my happiness. But now what's growing in the background is this ominous, ooh, I can't be around tomorrow because that guy fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Or I can... Schluck. Or I can... Yeah, you start <laughs> schluck. <laughs> you just, or I can... I deal with the problem. Yeah. Solve it and then reach even better happiness. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, hey, Amar, you know, your schlucking is really pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Can you stop doing that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Boom. Now I don't have to cause this avoidance thing, you know? And as friends, you get better at like solving these things. I, th- I think that's... Because people think pain and suffering is, oh, there we go. People think that pain and suffering is a flaw of humans. Yeah. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. Life is, is that comes with the package. Mm-hmm. People think that to live a good, happy life is to live a problem-free, happy all the time life. Mm. When are we going to accept that it's not realistic to have that? That pain and suffering is something that comes along with it and it's totally normal. Yeah. But when it happens, we're like, oh, something's wrong. It's not normal. No. Like I've talked about this in a YouTube video before where happiness is not a default. People think that we're popped out on this planet and boom, we're happy. Anything below that is a problem. Anything above that is a gift. And it's like happiness is something you got to work for. When you're born, you have nothing to really gauge it by. But um, the happiest moments are when you solve a problem, accomplish a task, not about avoiding it and skimming by. That's so true. And, um, I, I, you you see these people that are like so good at just like everything they touch, they just turn into gold. You know, like every problem yeah. that comes along yeah. their way, they just solve it. And that only happens because they're putting the reps in to practice that. Like, here's what I mean. Um, let's say you want to lose weight. Yes, diet is is, you know, is a great way, but also exercise is a great way, right? And I think w- where diet lacks... Right. And the, and the reason why diets are so hard for people mm-hmm. is because 
there's no positive reaction from your brain when you diet, right? Like, let's say I want to, I say, okay, I'm going to eat less, right? Your brain isn't like, yeah, man, we're eating less. Uh, we feel good, right? right? You won't feel good for like another, for four weeks, five weeks. Right. Whereas with exercise, every time you go exercise, you feel great at the end of the exercise. Mm-hmm. So your brain almost gets addicted to that feeling of like, oh, that felt good when we went exercise. Because you took action. You took action. You took action. You solved the problem. Yeah. Right? And and your brain's like, yeah, let's do it again. And then you go, and that's when you see people getting like super addicted to like working out, which is such a good thing as opposed with and like it diets. Happens. It, it it actually happens. Oh, man, I was addicted at 45. Remember, yeah. that, remember that whole thing? And I will be again. It's just right now it's closed because of lockdown. But and, and the same way, you can't be addicted to dieting. Like, I mean, obviously there are, you know, the few exceptions that people are. But like, because there's no positive impact for like another four weeks, you don't actually feel that. And same oh, thing with avoiding yeah. a problem. By avoiding a problem, you're not getting the reps in to actually know how to deal with problems. 100%. Right? I mean, you nailed it. You nailed it with the fact that because something is uncontrollable, we you know, this is the this is what anxiety is. Yeah. We freak out over something that is uncontrollable or, or not immediate. Mm. You know, like anxiety is the fear uh, of what we can't control, the fear of the future, the unknown. Mm. Right. One of the one of the topics on here is the value of suffering. Mm. Okay, so basically, he says you have to control problems based on how you choose to think about them. So you how you see problems. Mm. Um, you got to change the value of what they are. Mm. Here's an example. Um, only choose to have values you can control. So values you don't control are bad as they're going to be a constant source of suffering in your life because you can't control them. No yeah. matter what, there's nothing you can do about it. So an example of good values or how to value a problem positively, it's it, reality-based. Mm. Put it in a perspective. Is this realistic what you're thinking about? Uh, socially constructive, Okay. Is it beneficial? Is it going to be a good thing? Or immediate and controllable? Is it something you can do right now and you're not because you're you're lazy, you're tired? Is it in your control? Do you have an option? Can you say no? Can you say yeah? Yeah. Things that are bad. Don't don't look at a problem and give it value for like a superstition. Mm. Um or not immediate and controllable. Something that's in the future. That's let's say you're worried about something 4 weeks from now. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. For, the, for that day, four weeks from now. Yeah. But what you can do right now is you can prepare yourself and maybe you'll feel a bit better. Or take what you're worried about that's going to happen in those four weeks and start doing something today that will make it easier in four weeks. Instead of trying to be like, what's going to happen? I got to be mentally prepared for this, this, this. Like That's anxiety. It's yeah. not helpful at all. Uh, can you tell me that first good value? Uh, so uh, there was like something that's actionable Something that's good for society. Socially constructive and then reality-based. Reality-based. Which is the biggest thing because have you ever had an issue and you're talking to your friend and they're like, what are you talking? Like, And then they the see time. it so differently. Yeah. My friend Mimi and I, we have yeah. this all the time. So if she's having a guy problem, she'll share all of her, her, her struggles or things that are bothering her. Yeah. And I'll go, Mimi, stop. Like, are you kidding? Look at this realistically. You've lost Stop it. Stop her a few times across the face. She's had to do that to me, man. Like last yeah. week, she if it wasn't for her, man, I would be off in like dreamland. But she had to be like, Dan, stop. Like that's not, who the hell thinks like that? Who does that? Nobody. Yeah. So snap out of it. That's not how people think. And it's like, it's, it's you got to keep your friends in check. Mm-hmm. So reality-based things, it's huge. Yeah. 
Um, man, I had something so, so good to say. <laughs> well, but so I, just even hearing that is, is is enough for me. I, I think I think those three things because it's true. Like a lot of people, they they kind of escape reality, and they think something is one way when it's really, really not. Right? Like, yeah. And, and this whole like chase for doing the right thing and, and like you know finding happiness. I think that's how this book links it. Is like these are the things that will actually make you happy, and these are the things that won't make you happy. Right, right. So, well, but, but it gives it in a broad sense. So you could plug it in. I think then the last thing for this is, and this has been one that I've been thinking about as well. Um, so there was two. There was the, the feedback loop from hell, which has been very beneficial for me. Is like if I get mad here, if I get upset here, it's not going to benefit. So let's stop that. The second one was failure is the way forward. Mm. So people, and what I took from this is, let's say you have writer's block or creator's block or whatever, and you can't create. The, the 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 do something principle is huge do something do anything if you if you are have writer's block just write about your day and sort of maybe a little make it a little bit fictitious add a little bit of fun things and something will grow mm. to do something um, whether it's failing or succeeding is going to put you in a different spot than you are right now and that's what you need yeah. you're stuck because you you can't see a different way you got to change your perspective of how you're looking at the problem yeah so many times with art, I made this um, this camera and I poured white resin in it. I thought, oh, a cool white camera looked cool. And I'm like, ah, it's kind of boring. What else can we do? I got UV resin and I started, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have UV resin dripping off the side so it'll look like this cool paint splatter. Mm-hmm. Still wasn't happy with it. I'm like, no, I, I, it's not, not fixing it. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll make these little jelly guys that are sort of melting off. So I'll just start stacking the resin on top of the color splotches I do. No, this is so stupid. Oh, you know what, though? This looks like melted lollipops. Yeah. So I went to Michael's and I bought a lollipop stem, resined it in, and now it looks like melting candy on a camera. Boom. I've now created a piece of art that I love. I'm now an artist. I'm now an artist. <laughs> but but yeah, so no, many truly. Of, of my art pieces yeah. have not been preconceived. Yeah. It was in the moment where I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm going to add this. It's going to look so much better. Yeah. Like I did this, this Kennedy piece yesterday on my Instagram. And I'm like, this is really dry. Let's make the text 3D with the red and blue effect. That's mm. kind of cool. Ah, it's still looking a little empty. Let's draw some lines. The thing is, you don't know if it's going to be a failure or a success. Yeah. But you do know that it's going to put you in a different spot, and that's what you need when you're stuck. But And that's the thing. A lot of times, like, that stuckness is just, like, it's it's a closed door, and, and it won't open unless you do something about it. For, like, for example, yeah. in my case, yeah. like, I've always wanted to make videos. But I'm always like, ah, but, bro, you don't know how to edit, right? I, I don't know how to edit videos. I love like getting in front of camera and like shooting and everything, but I just, I don't like editing. And and that's an actionable thing that you can take action on. Exactly. But me saying I don't like to edit is I'm closing that door and I'm locking it. But as soon as you actually take a video, right. And put your first video up and like try to edit it. Like, Oh wait, this is, this is kind of simple. Right. Or, or, or like you start having fun with it and you start being creative with it and everything and it stacks onto each other and it's like we always lock that door of so many opportunities by not taking action and, and, and i think in in the in the in those values of like saying like you know uh, like the shitty values of like superstition and this um there's this such a great quote it's like it's not what you know it's not who you know it's who knows what you need right so for example if I think a lot of people, they don't want to say what's on their mind because 
they're afraid of superstition, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, you know, they're afraid if they say their accomplishment or what they want to accomplish that they're going to jinx it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if I should tell them right. um, that I want this job because I think that's going to jinx it, you know, or like I just did an interview and I don't want to jinx it. I did so well, but I don't want to jinx it. But the thing is, you will actually get more opportunities by being happy, by sharing what's on your what's on your mind. Because if if my best friend comes up to me and says, man, I just went to this interview and I crushed it for uh, being a computer engineer or whatever, right? I'm going to feel good. They're going to feel good. And if they don't get that job in one week's time, I'm probably looking, if I see a computer engineer job, I'm like, oh, wait, my best friend wants that computer engineer job. They just applied to one. Maybe I should send them this one, right? And now you have lots of people working for you telling you, you know, because they know what you need, they're going to, you're going to have more resources. Well, it's, it's vulnerability. Vulnerability. Exactly. Like, 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 you know, the problem is, um, is people don't try anymore. Yeah. Like, like I've been thinking about this. Nobody friggin' tries anymore or maybe not anymore. I don't just, I just think naturally people just don't try yeah. and they don't try because of what you just said there. Like they, they will say something and automatically mentally they've categorized themselves as not that type. And it's yeah. like, why do you do that? Mm-hmm. I, if you know what, like, Go so, sell straws, baby. Like, but but try, yeah. Like, because what you're going to learn from that is maybe you're not learning how to sell straws, but you're learning how to set up meetings to sell things in general. One hundred percent. Right. Things will spiral and become other things. Last night, I tried pastels for the first time. Yeah. And now I'm like, is this for me? Let, let's see how this medium works. I've realized it smudges a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> stuff dripped on the floor. Charlie stepped in the crumbs of a pastel and walked around the house creating little dots. And I'm like, wow. This stuff really is resilient, you know? It just keeps going. (laughs) So when it comes to trying, um, I think this book in general, why I'm such a big advocate for it, is it really pushes out those things that we are telling ourselves just to remain comfortable. Yeah. Like, we we like to sit here or wake up every morning going, "Ah, you know what, I wish I could be making more money, but um, you you don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You you just consistently push it off to the next day, to the next day. You got to take action. Yeah. Like things aren't going to come to you by just sitting on the couch yeah. and just picking your ass and someone's going to all of a sudden have this intuition of, you know what? I'm getting this weird vibe that someone's at home sitting that deserves this opportunity. No, <laughs> you got to prove it. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm sorry. You got to prove it. I used to be so annoyed and jaded at someone that would get a deal. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like I'm way better than that. I'm way funnier. And like, you know, you, you boost yourself up. But the truth is, no, you're not. They're doing something about it and you're not. And, and that's what makes a lot of people like truly like, and I've been victim to this better than me because like they go out and they do it even though they have 20% of the skill. Exactly. That's all that matters because I got a Jersey from Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. I got a bunch of DMs saying, Oh, good Jersey. It's stupid. And I'm like, that's weird. Click their profile. They're the biggest Leafs fans. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's cause you didn't get a Jersey that you're bashing on this moment. I get it. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. And in the second you've got that lens on where you could see, Okay, why is someone bashing this? It's because they secretly want it or yeah. they wish they could. You know, yeah. so many people are plagued with, with again, categorizing themselves as one way. And the second you do that, it's so damn toxic because yeah. you're not going to ever see yourself as an editor. The second you go, I can't edit. Editing is one of the easiest skill sets to learn because YouTube can teach you tutorials. Yeah. Uh, you've got super user-friendly ones with iMovie. Like, yeah. it's, it's insane to be a basic editor. Um, I, I really love that note of like failure is the way forward. And I, 
after this, I really want you to get into like that David Mustaine story because I think it's super crucial. Um, but I, the the whole failure is the way forward. I, I like no one like it's so true. No one gives a shit about your failures. Like I, I can't say it because enough. they don't see it. Because they don't they see, don't see it. Right. Right. I guess today you you told me like there's like a little thing in my art that that I know that you know I thought was so bad. Like I don't know if you noticed that. And I was like, no, I didn't notice that at all. I, I thought it looked good. Well, um, in fact, you thought it was a part of the art. I thought it was part of the art, so, for sure. So where my lens was telling me this was a failure, yeah. yours was, oh, it's a cool thing he added for the art. It's yeah. it, Directly right there is, is, it's funny how that yeah, works, right? It's, it's wild. Uh, right, right now, like, I, I can ask you, how well do you think I did with with straws? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know? I, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. You, but, so I, like, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, he sells straws. You know that I sell straws? I'm like, that's like one of the things you always bring up. It's like, this guy sells straws, <laughs> right? Like... But is he like he literally? I see him. Dan, Dan and I see each other like literally once a week, right? And he doesn't know that that part of the failure, right? However, if he comes across someone looking for straws, 100%. trust me, he's gonna recommend me. Hundred percent. Right. 100%. But that's that's a good that's a good uh, example. But, but with the straws, for example, I I started that business because at the time I was always like working, you know, in organizations or other jobs where I was working for someone, right? I wanted to prove to myself. Can I even start a business? Like, Amar, are you capable of starting a business, right? You've always wanted to work for yourself. Go work for yourself. So I started this straw business, right? It didn't work out. I'm not good without a team. But that's something I learned. It's, you know, the straw business, did it fail? And, you know, we broke even, maybe just a little more than that. But to me, it was a failure, Mm -hmm. right? However, the lesson learned is, Amar, because it, before that, I was always like, you need to start your own business. You need to start your own business. And it was like always like holding me back by saying, like, I can't do anything else. I, I wouldn't apply to jobs because I was like, maybe I should just start my own business. But by starting it, I learned that, no, you're not that good. You're not capable of just running a business by yourself. You need a team. Right, you thrive in teams. So now I'm starting yeah. to look at my strengths. Okay, yeah. wait, I thrive in teams. I or or not only that, you don't actually care about the selling of the straws. You care about the ocean, sure. You care about the turtles, sure. But you don't actually care about the selling of it's, the straws. And, and and I think it pivots. It pivoted me to say, Amar, if you are going to start a business, it has to be something you care about and right. love. Right. But, and but, that, but through these experiences success. of trying, it shows you your limits, right? Like yeah. like you wouldn't otherwise know what your limit is by 100%. unless you tried, right? Because we all tend to think, we go in with the, the base level of I should be a one-man show, I could do all this because I've seen it in movies. And, no, no, no. We're all very complex and some things we just aren't good at. It's not our strength, so exactly. we need to outsource. Here's a really, really bad example or metaphor. You go to buy a house and they're like, yeah, you got a backyard. Well, how big is the backyard? Uh, well, I don't know. But you, you buy the house and you just you picture a backyard. You're only going to know how big the backyard is by going out and looking for the fence. Mm. And eventually you're going to find the fence and be like, oh, okay, so this is how big the yard can go before I have to then contact other people to maybe get a larger yard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just an awful Dan's metaphor. backyard. <laughs> but, but it's like, seriously, you got to figure out how big your yard is to yeah. know what you're capable of holding or accomplishing in that yard. And you won't know until you go out there and look for the fence and look for the damn oh. fence. And you can accomplish and, more. No, he's hyped. He's hyped. <laughs> and, nah, man, every you, analogy gets one example. <laughs> you could accomplish more, yeah. okay, with your yard by contacting your neighbors and asking to maybe use some of their yard. Mm. Oh, 
now they're involved and now your yard is bigger. Mm. Holy shit, killed it. That was a, started off as a bad analogy. It blossomed nicely. Look at this. He's got capitalism running through his veins. <laughs> okay, the mind last you, thing you. that I will share about this is comparison. Mm-hmm. And this is huge. Yes, please. In the YouTube world, everyone's comparing. I mean, in the business world, in general, in world. In, in the Instagram world that we all live in as well. Yes. People compare. They see them smiling. Their pictures are better than mine. They've got a smaller waist than me. They've got a better smile. They're funnier. All we do is compare, compare of what we don't have yes. versus what we do have. I get it. It's easy to do. But the story in this book that was great was there's this musician named uh, Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine? Yeah. Yeah. And he was in this band, and he uh, was the guitarist for this band, and they kicked him out of the band. And so to get back at the band, he said, I'm going to make my own band. And he worked really, really hard. And his new band was crazy successful. 25 million records, I think. 25 million records. The band that he formed was Megadeth. Huge. Huge band, okay? The problem was he was never satisfied even with that amount of success because the band that he got kicked out of was Metallica. So the problem is his, his ratio... And his, his scale of what success was, was always going to be something different. Like he's got, he should have Unachievable. It. Why didn't he, why didn't he compare it to one of the other bands that were up and coming that failed and disbanded like yeah. most people? Yeah. So when it comes to comparing and, and when you catch yourself, stop, or at least tell yourself I'm comparing mm-hmm. and your brain will, will do the rest. It'll say, oh, okay. Now we see what's going on here. Um, when you tell yourself you're not enough, you're, you're, you're too big. Uh, you're ugly, you're not funny enough, stop and say, okay, well, those are negative comparisons. Yeah. What do I have that they don't? And it could be as simple as, well, you know what? I'm really good at playing guitar mm-hmm. or I'm really good at drawing. I bet they're not really good at drawing, but well, they haven't posted it. You know, maybe I'll post that. And and your strengths will then become something that maybe they're comparing. You never know what someone thinks of you. Oh, 100%. And what your comparison levels are. Yeah. Like we all think we have it. Not Not bad. We all, we all want more. We, we never have enough. We never think about, is there someone out there that's looking at my Instagram thinking that that I'm better than them? 100%. And 100%. Yeah. Of course. But we all have that one person. And anything the book says then, like at that point, when you're comparing yourself, just reframe into focusing on those values that you can accomplish yourself, right? That are in your control. Like Mustaine was never ever going to, be as successful as Metallica, right? right? And that constant comparison will just keep him in a state of, of, of misery. Yes. Right. Yes. But if he focuses on the right values, you know, the social good, the uh, something that is realistic, something that is uh, actionable, then, then your, your comparisons, like you're actually going to start achieve, achieving happiness. So I think the same example happened with I forgot his first name, but like something best who also got kicked out of a band and that band happened to be the Beatles, mm-hmm. which is like, there's literally no way you're going to be bigger than the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Right. But instead of comparing himself to, Oh, the Beatles are so successful and whatever. He started his own band. Well, he did. But he started <clears throat> focusing on being a family man. Right. Like being there for his family. And that's something like, which is what the Beatles couldn't really do. Cause they were so busy traveling. Right. Exactly. So, so there's always a plus, even if like, and he, he did go through like depression. Yeah. <laughs> like by leaving the Beatles, like, he did go through that until he reframed it and mean like, 
you know, I always sort of wanted a family, and I don't think I would have been able to achieve that if I was still in that band. Like, there's always a plus. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I suggest you guys read the book. Yeah. The full book, not the Blinkist. The full I mean, book. I kind of kept up. I, uh, you know, no, you kept it. Man, you, you you understood it completely. But yeah, I just. Well, that's the, also because I'm good at bullshitting as well. The best. The best. I think <laughs> I think it resonates more, and it'll stick with you and change your perspective if you actually listen or read the entire book. Yeah. Fully. Um. The Subtle Art I'm Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. I highly recommend it. It's changed my perspective lately. It's super beneficial. Do uh, something realistic. Do something good for society. Just do something, man. Do something actionable. Just yeah. do it. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Later. Love you.